The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Raising teens alone can be brutal. It becomes easier when you are co-parenting with the universe. Welcome to Co-Parenting with the Universe. I'm delighted that you're here today. If we haven't met, my name is Muriel Felous. I am your host. And today we are going to talk about... Something since I'm preparing my course called that, that I will probably call, I'm not sure yet about the title to be fully transparent, uh, No More Arguments. I want to speak about something that contributes to more arguments than you may be aware of. And I have a question for you. Would you accept something from your teenager that you can't accept about yourself? That is a very deep question, but it's an important one because if you can't, like I said, you're going to end up in more arguments that you would like to, And if you are asking yourself this question and becoming aware of what you accept in life, what you judge in life about yourself and what you make it mean as who we are, who you are, who other people are, is super important to become aware of. What I want to talk about today, I'm going to give you an example. I used to have a very big thing about lies. I hated when people lied. I hated when my children lied. I made it mean something so big about who the person was, what kind of people were lying. Only people who were bad people were lying. Only people who couldn't be trusted. Only people with somehow bad intentions were lying. And of course, it's not true 100% of the time, but that would make me overreact when something would happen with one of my kids 
who would lead to me discovering that either they lied or they omitted to tell me something with um, an intention of manipulating me. You know, kids are very good at that. And especially when they are becoming teenagers, they want what they want and they sometimes employ ways and means of getting it that are not the best, uh, the best ways that are not, you would say, honorable. And I would, frankly, I think I over uh, punished, and punishing is not really the word, but I gave too many consequences when I discovered that they were lying without sometimes even trying to understand. And why is that? Because lying was something that I would not accept from myself. I would not admit that sometimes I do it. I hated the idea. And of course, like anyone else, I lied in my life. I did white lies, I did more important lies, and I hated myself when I did that. So that relates to what is called in psychology our shadow. And one of the psychiatrists that really worked around the shadow um, uh, published a lot of papers about symbolisms and shadow and archetype is Carl Jung. So I would like to read you um, what Carl Jung referred to as the shadow. And I'm taking that from betterhelp.com. So in Jungian psychology, Shadow might refer to two different concepts. In one sense, the shadow includes everything in the, the unconscious mind, good or bad. In another definition, the shadow might include only the parts of personality that you don't want to identify as self, but is still part of your unconscious mind. According to this theory, this dark side of our personality contains everything your conscious mind can't admit about itself. So that was my example of lies and not admitting that I do it, not wanting to admit and whenever I was catching myself lying, I hated myself. How does it happen that we have that part of ourselves that we want to hide from the world and from ourselves because we can't accept it? Well, there is a society's influence and there is the people who took care of us when we were growing up, the people who were authority figures. Let's say you were expressing 
or demonstrating a side of yourself that they themselves were uncomfortable with, their reaction would be something that shows you that is not okay for you to be or do that. And the reaction was so strong, the love withdrawal, like they were withdrawing their love, or even worse, maybe they were yelling at you or something really violent sometimes, it was so strong and we so want to be loved when we're kids that you decided that this part of you was unacceptable and that you would push it under the surface, you would push it push it under until you couldn't see it anymore, you would push that in your unconscious and then that became part of your shadow. And the problem with that is that it never leaves you, it's part of who you are, or if we're talking about lying, for example, it's something you're going to do. You, we're not perfect. And somehow it will show back again in ways that you don't control because you have repressed it in your unconscious and you don't pay attention to that, you don't love that, you hate that, So it's going to come back up like a ball from under the surface of the water when you you maintain it and suddenly you can't maintain it anymore. It goes back up at super speed and hits you in the face. So how do we discover what we have in our shadow? So number one, it doesn't create arguments with your teens or conflicts with people or... It doesn't uh, make us, it can make us sick too, anything that we repress. And and so that it doesn't create some blocked energy in your body and in your mind. One way that I want to introduce to you today is very easy to practice. And before... I uh, um, explain that way, I want to remind you and I want to bring to your attention that life is wise that way and that in, in, in any crisis, there is a call for healing. There is an unconscious call for healing. When something happens because you can't admit that about yourself and you suddenly explode with your kid, This is a crisis, but it's also a a call for healing from yourself to yourself because the ultimate healing is to be whole, to accept all the parts of ourselves, whether they are the parts of light or the parts of shadow, whether they're the, the parts that we like about our personality or the parts that we do not want to be identified with. We do not want to show to the world. We are afraid of what it would mean, it would mean about us. My wish for myself and for you is really to become whole and to bring healing to all those parts of myself 
and to be able to love what I don't like in me. Because then, when you love yourself in that way, and I'm sure it takes a whole life to get there, when you love yourself in that way, it is very hard to be triggered because you accept who you are. And when you love yourself, life loves you too. It transpires in what life brings you, the kind of people you have around you, the kind of gifts that come your way, surprisingly, the kind of confidence that you have. It really ripples in all the areas of your life. And one way to discover that is to start paying attention to what you judge strongly, to what you really can't accept in society, in your teenager, in your co-workers, in, I don't know, your friends sometimes, your family member, and people at large, what you absolutely can't accept. It makes the hairs on your skin stand up. It's something you're like, no, no. Muriel, I know I want to practice acceptance, but that, no. That's the thing you start, you, you need to start working on accepting. And since we're talking about raising teens, I would sit and reflect on maybe recent arguments or arguments that stand out because they were so intense and start analyzing, was there something at the source of that that you couldn't accept about them because you made it mean that they are blank? If they lied, you made it mean that they are, they may end up being bad people. If one of mine, a second one of mine that was very, very strong, not so much anymore because I've worked on it, it was being lazy. I could not stand lazy people. But as I said, there was a call for healing and I needed to accept that I am lazy too. I have a part of me that is lazy too, and that's okay. And maybe it's needed sometimes, because in my case, I was pushing myself too much and I was ending up in bed, stuck with a backache or a neck ache or something else that would not let me get up. So laziness has a very negative connotation But like anything, you have one topic and you have, it's like a line and on one side you have the negative negative manifestation of that, which is being lazy and not doing what you need to do and and being maybe uh, a parasite in society. Someone that doesn't do his part, someone that doesn't create in the world, someone that doesn't contribute 
to community. And on the other side of that, so that's laziness, on the other side of that, you have someone who knows the value of not doing anything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In French, it's called feignant. And in Italian, I was re-watching Eat, Pray, Love the other day because it's one of my favorite movies. I must have seen it like 20 times, if not more. And I remember, if you've seen it, in, uh, there is a section of the movie where they are at an Italian's hairdresser and they explain the meaning of the, the, one of the ladies says, oh my gosh, since I came to Italy, I haven't done anything. I just ate. I feel so guilty. And then one of the Italian is re- turning around and looked at her and said, you feel guilty because you're American. American don't know, um, don't know pleasure. Uh, and you work too much. And then he was explaining that in Italian, there is that notion of farniente, which means the sweetness of not doing anything. And that's something that I had to work on for myself. The sweetness of not doing anything. Just, you just are. Like when I, when I say that, I remember myself last weekend just laying on the beach and I was just I was that's all I was doing I wasn't doing anything in particular I was laying down enjoying myself the sweetness of doing nothing so that's a quality a part of my personality that I had to accept and it required me to work on it what are yours I gave you two of mine. Maybe you have some, we have some in common. And, and that said, sometimes you work on something, you start accepting it, but suddenly you revert and you work too much again and you, you, do, you don't spend any time doing nothing. I am way better at that, but I sometimes catch myself. So I again... Practice and practice acceptance and practice seeing the gift of it. If we're talking about lying, what could be the gift of lying? Sometimes lying will save your life. Sometimes lying, if I believe, but that's my own opinion, that not every truth needs to be told. There are truths First of all, what is truth, right? We only accept as truth our own thoughts. We we see the world as we are. So really, what is truth? But 
if, for example, I was having a discussion uh, with my friend the other day who's married for 30 years almost, or 27, I can't remember, and she was saying that we were talking about couples and couples who divorce and one couple in particular, a friend who got to a point where he thought he didn't love his wife anymore and he told her. And she decided to leave. And when she made that decision, he realized that it wasn't true. And he begged her to stay, but she didn't want anymore. So we were talking about that. And I told her, even if some days you have doubts, don't say it. Because sometimes you have crazy ideas that go through your head. Depending on what moment you would ask me how I feel about my kids, if I just had an argument or if I, if I just had caught my kids skipping school, ditching school and doing crazy things, I wouldn't answer the same way that it, if it was another day where everything was calm. And maybe one day you don't love the person you're, you're with so much, depending on what you call love, of course. Um, and the next day you realize that, yeah, you love them. So what good does it, does it do to tell that person on that day that you don't love them anymore? Unless you're absolutely sure and it's staying constant for a long period of time and you know in your heart that this is not something you want to, to do anymore, to be together. And she was saying that sometimes when her husband does stuff, she doesn't like him and, and she, she's not attracted to him and he does stuff that she, she really doesn't, doesn't like. But what would it help to go to the person and, and tell them that? You know it's going to pass. So would that be considered a lie? Maybe it depends on if you call omission a lie. Or if someone, let's say, cooked something you really, really, really don't like. And you don't want to tell them that it's really bad because you don't want to offend them. And it's not something that has to be said. It's one, one, one of those things that maybe they don't know how to do and they're not going to go and open a business, a cooking school or a restaurant and cook that to, for other people that you would have to tell them, no, really, don't do that. It's not a good idea. Maybe you don't say anything. Maybe you just don't eat. You're not hungry. Or, I mean, I believe in the energy of truth, but I also believe in doing our best to not hurt anyone when we can. So that was for a lie. So that was maybe the positive side of lies. Find your, how would we call them, shadow traits, your shadow unacceptable items about yourself, the world. I remember, that was a long time ago, I think 2008, I had a client 
And she could not stand the fact that one of her employees, uh, so she was, she was um, an executive, and one secretary or something, assistant, invited the top company guy to her birthday. She invited everyone. And she was like, I can't, this woman is an idiot. You don't do that. She doesn't know how to talk to people based on their place in hierarchy. And that's not something you do. She's an idiot. So I asked her, who told you that? Who told you that someone who does that is an idiot? And when we digged and digged and digged, it was her father, when she was a young kid, that when you don't know how to behave like that, you're an idiot. And she wouldn't even want to go to her party because she didn't want to be associated with a person like that. So I asked her why. And again, she said, because if I associate myself with people who are idiots, then I'm an idiot. And I asked her, and so what? If you're an idiot, what does it mean about you? What does it mean? What will you, what will you prevent life to give to you if you're an idiot? What do, what, do peop, what do idiots deserve in life? Do they deserve love? No. Do they deserve to be well compensated and, and be abundant? And, and for her, people who were idiots who she decided were idiots were not deserving of a lot in life. So of course you wouldn't want to be an idiot. And that was something that she internalized and repressed to her shadow when she was very young because it was unacceptable to have idiotic moments. I, I have another example. I know for myself, I know I can be an idiot. I know there are areas of life where I can seem like an idiot because I don't know anything about it. I'm fine with that. I know... In my family, we valued intellect a lot. And there was somehow a stereotype or a, a negative connotation if you read stupid, stupid stuff, like, you know, uh, the gossips of Hollywood, I don't know, or if you watch stupid stuff, that was a big no-no because that meant you were an idiot. I watch stupid stuff on Netflix sometimes. I watch series that are so bad, but they're so good at hooking you that I want to know what's going to happen. I'm going to give you an example of a, of a series that was so bad. Emily in Paris. So many stupid stereotypes about French people that were not true. I could not stop watching. And all my French friends could not stop watching. And we knew it was an idiotic series. 
that her sense of fashion was really messed up, but we did watch it. And that's okay. Maybe I'm an idiot for watching that. I don't mind. Some parts of me are idiots. Idiotic. That's okay. So that's what I'm inviting you to do today. To use your conflicts and your arguments with your teenagers as a gift. To work on your shadow and to become whole. And to desensitize your triggers. Because then you have more peace in your home, more harmonious relationships, and you are less and less disturbed by what people say about you or what people, how people judge you. The key is your judgment to yourself and to the world. So, of course, I'm going to do a tapping session to go with this episode. And I think I'm going to do a tapping session about accepting what I can't accept about myself. And you will put whatever you want behind that. You will pick a trait of your personality that you absolutely don't want to admit you have. You can't it's too much you can't you can't say that you are blank a liar a cheater there is a term in french wait i've heard it oh no i heard it in hebrew the other day i don't know how it is in english but you know those kinds of women that are always criticizing their husband and they're like picky and when I was married, our relationship was so messed up that there were cases when I saw myself like that, like, like a, a toxic dragon. So maybe you don't want to admit that sometimes you're a toxic dragon. Maybe you don't want to admit that sometimes you know you're wrong, but you will insist that you're right in front of your teenager. I don't know how you would call that. What are you resisting admitting? Find one thing and then go to the playlist, the tapping playlist uh, on YouTube. And the link is going to be in in the description of this video, uh, sorry, of this episode and practice tapping with me. So I wish you wholeness. May you be whole and accepting of all your facets, whether they're in the light or in the dark. Bye for now. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path? Then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.